Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everyone's week going? I was just thinking about how much I love this time of year and I have no idea where you're listening from, but here in the UK, the autumn vibes are very strong. <laughs> There's leaves everywhere and it's cold, but it's sunny. I'm here in my knit jumper, my blanket on my knee. I'm just feeling super cozy. It's just the best. I just love this time of year. And Halloween is on Monday, which is also one of my favourite holidays. So life is just great. And for this week's podcast, I want to talk about our relationship to our thoughts. So if you've been tuning into this podcast, it's highly because you have some relationship mind drama <laughs> you want support with. And you probably spend a good amount of time thinking about your relationships to other people, to your partner, to your friends, to your parents, co-workers, whoever. But how often do you spend thinking about your relationship to your thoughts? Most of us don't think about our thoughts that much at all. We know we have them. We know we have sentences in our brains, but we don't spend too much time thinking about the way we relate to them or getting curious about them. But the thoughts in our brain hold so much power because the sentences in your mind are what create the way you feel and the emotion you feel in your body, like anxiety, secure, happy, sad, whatever it is, they drive the way you act. What you do, what you don't do, what you say, how you say it, all of those things. So if you're currently showing up in ways that you don't love in any of your relationships and you're not spending any time thinking about your thoughts, you are definitely missing a trick. <laughs> your thoughts are the key to it all, to the whole problem, whatever the problem is. But most of us just think that if we think it, then it must be true. We believe our thoughts are facts instantly and we don't really spend much time questioning them. Never mind choosing what we want to think about things intentionally. We just blindly believe whatever our brain churns out. <laughs> but our thoughts are not facts. They're totally optional interpretations of facts. So an example I'll use is one I heard from my teacher, Brooke Castilla, and she uses the example of a rock. A rock exists. That is a fact. And one person might have the thought, rocks are beautiful. And someone else might have the thought, rocks are dangerous. Who's right? Well, the answer is neither of them are right because they're both just thoughts. They're two completely optional thoughts to have about the same facts, optional interpretations. And your brain is going to constantly choose optional interpretations about everything in your life. It's choosing interpretations and ways to think about your body, about your looks, about your friends, your hometown, your car, the weather, your boss, the new show you're watching on Netflix, your friend's new haircut, Taylor Swift's new album, <laughs> everything. Your brain is offering you thoughts all of the time. It's constantly babbling along in the background, narrating, filtering, making assumptions and interpreting things in a certain way. 
and you don't control the default thoughts that pop into your brain. They pop up randomly and they are impacted by things like your upbringing, your past experiences, your socialization, your parents' belief, your cultural surroundings. So many things impact the way that your brain is wired and the kind of thoughts that are going to naturally come to you on a daily basis. And the more you thought a particular thought, the stronger that neural pathway in your brain becomes, which means it's going to be your brain's default way of thinking. So for example, if you're a woman in the Western world, you likely have been brought up to subconsciously believe that attractiveness is very, very important and that being thin is more attractive. That is, that is what we've been taught in society. We've been taught that message through the magazines we read, the TV shows we watch, the messages in society, the beauty industry. They sell us this belief that we should all be very focused on how thin and attractive we look. So because of that, your brain might have a lot of thoughts, a lot of default thoughts about your body and about your appearance. When you look at pictures of yourself, your brain likely focuses in on the parts of your body that you think should be different. You maybe have a lot of critiquing thoughts about your appearance quite often. Maybe you even make rejection from somebody mean that you weren't pretty or attractive enough. Human brains cannot possibly take in all the stimuli of the world around us. So it filters and presents back to you what it thinks you need to focus on. So if we've taught our brain something is detrimental to our worth and value, like our attractiveness, it makes sense that we'd be thinking a hell of a lot about that. <laughs> or maybe you grew up believing that how smart you are is very important. So now your brain has a lot of thoughts about your intelligence and it constantly filters conversations from your boss in ways that interpret all feedback to mean you aren't smart enough because that's your brain's default belief. Or maybe you've constantly had thoughts about money and that money is scarce and hard to make. So your brain is very good at offering you very anxiety producing thoughts about money. All your relationships. For me, my brain's neural pathways were very strong for thoughts like, I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. They were the ones I practiced so often that they were always its go-to thought for me. That was always the thoughts my brain was going to offer me because it was the easiest and most efficient thought to think. Your brain is going to offer you some useful thoughts and some complete bullshit thoughts <laughs> because that is the nature of human brains. They're wired to make fast assumptions, take things personally, be terrified of rejection and be generally quite dramatic, <laughs> which often results in us feeling a lot of unnecessary negative emotion. For example, has your partner or friends ever, you know, done something and you've interpreted it in such a negative way that you felt really hurt and rejected? And then later, maybe you've realized that the way you interpreted it wasn't actually true. <laughs> like your partner says they aren't in the mood for sex that night and your brain makes it mean they're not attracted to you anymore that they're losing interest or your friend cancels plans and your thought is they don't like me anymore or they're mad at me these interpretations aren't facts and yet we believe them to be true without question and then we sit there feeling terrible because of this made-up reality we've created in our own mind so when we talk about our relationship to our thoughts, what I'm talking about is how you relate to and respond to your thoughts when they show up. 
do you just blindly believe them? Do you think something, feel a negative emotion and jump to taking action instantly, like bringing someone or texting them or yelling at them? Or do you ever observe what your brain is saying and pause to really consider if it's a useful way of thinking about the situation? A lot of us think that the stronger our emotional response is, so how strongly we feel, whether we feel really anxious or not, that that is an indicator of how true the thought is. So an example I have for this is from last December when I finally passed my driving test. (laughs) I'm 29, but I learned quite late. And it was my third or fourth time taking the test. I can't remember which. And I had this really strong feeling I was going to fail. And I remember texting my girlfriend saying, I just know I'm going to fail. I can just feel it. And I thought to myself, I feel so anxious and hopeless about this. That must mean that I'm right, that I am going to fail, that this isn't the time that I pass. Otherwise, I'd feel differently. I was making the intensity of the emotion I felt, the intensity of the sensations in my body, mean that my thoughts must be more true. And the same thing happens with clients of mine. I've seen this happen so many times. They'll get an anxious thought that produces quite an intense emotional reaction. And because the anxiety feels so intense, they think that means that the thought must be more true. They think that that thought is more true than thoughts they've had that created lower levels of anxiety or whatever the emotion is. So for example, if they're feeling really, really anxious when their partner's on a night out, they think, well, I'm feeling so much more anxious tonight than I did last time they went on a night out. So that must mean that I'm right, that something is happening. (laughs) But that is not how our brains and bodies work. The intensity of an emotion has nothing to do with how true the thought is. And I'm going to repeat that because it's really important that we that we understand that. The intensity of an emotion has nothing to do with how true the thought is. The intensity of an emotion is only an indicator of how much you believe the thought. If you really, really believe something it's going to create a more intense emotional reaction in your body. So just like with my driving test, I really believed I would fail again. It felt very true to me. I'd failed three or four times by then. (laughs) And so the the amount of belief I had that I was going to fail again was much higher. So the intensity of the negative emotion was much higher. But in reality, I passed. So if you take nothing else away from this podcast, please take that, that the intensity of the emotion you feel has nothing to do with whether the thought you're thinking is true or not. Those two things are completely unrelated. Just because you feel extremely anxious does not mean that something is extremely wrong. Another thing that a lot of my clients do is shame themselves for their thoughts. They notice that they're having a lot of insecure thoughts or thoughts that produce anxiety, which results in them showing up in ways that they don't love. And then they judge and shame themselves for that. But this is the exact opposite of how we need to be relating to our thoughts. When you shame and judge yourself for having certain thoughts, you actually block off all your ability to get curious and learn about your brain, which is how you become the one in charge of it. Notice how often you say things like, 
I'm such an idiot for thinking that. Or why am I like this? I'm so needy and insecure. When we do this, we create feelings of shame. And when we're feeling shame, we're not able to get curious about what the sentences were in our brains that were creating those emotions in the first place that led to that behavior. We miss out on questioning those thoughts and learning more about our brains. And you also likely reinforce the negative thought cycle of your brain that constantly likes to beat you up. (laughs) Imagine how different it would be if when you noticed yourself having a feeling or behaving in a way that you didn't love, instead of shaming yourself and thinking, oh, I'm so stupid, why am I like this? There's something wrong with me. Imagine if you just got really curious about what created that reaction. Like, hmm, I felt really triggered in that moment and ended up snapping at my partner. I wonder what I was believing that created that response. Let's look a little bit closer. Let's see what was going on. You'd spend time actually looking at and addressing your default thought patterns, which is the first step towards changing them. But shame and judgment is always going to get in the way of doing that. So do not do it. (laughs) Don't judge yourself for your default thoughts. You didn't choose them, but you can choose how you respond to them. Okay, so here's some of the key things to start doing to improve your relationship to your thoughts. Step one is to understand the difference between your thoughts and the facts of a situation. And in fact, before I go on to that, another important thing I want to say is please start writing down your thoughts. (laughs) It's very hard to get curious about your thoughts when they're all just swimming around in your brain and you have 60,000 thoughts a day. So imagine a mathematician trying to do math with 60,000 numbers. That would be very, very difficult. (laughs) So get a pen and paper and make a habit of writing out your thoughts. Okay, back to separating facts and thoughts. Whatever the situation is, I want you to clearly separate out the facts versus your thoughts about them. Remember, facts are undeniable. They're objective truths. They could be proven in a court of law. Everyone would agree with them 100% of the time. They are neutral facts of whatever the situation is. For example, my partner said, I'm going to be home late tonight. That's a fact. It's a fact that they said that to you. Then look at your thought about that. Ask yourself, what did I make that mean? Why was it a problem for me? So what if they're home late? This will give you some thoughts you have about that. Perhaps they never spend time with me or they prefer their colleagues to me or they don't prioritize the relationship. Those are your thoughts and they are completely optional ways of thinking about the facts that have just occurred. Now, I'm not saying you should always change your thoughts or that you should always want to think positively about all circumstances. Of course not. That is not what we're doing here. We're not Pollyanna positive thinking. Maybe sometimes you want to keep your brain's default response to something. But the aim here is to understand that these thoughts and interpretations are optional, just so that you can make that choice intentionally. You want to start seeing your thoughts as kind of optional offerings from your brain (laughs) that you can choose to either take and believe or reject. Just because you had the thought that that is true doesn't make it a fact. Okay, so step two, get really curious about that thought. So let's take the thought, they don't prioritize the relationship. 
you want to interrogate this thought and look at it from all angles. Is that really true? Does your partner do anything that actually proves they do prioritize the relationship? Why is your brain drawing the connection between them being homely and how much they care about you? What else could it mean? Notice how if you didn't stop to question the thought, you could very well have just reacted to it blindly. You could have felt rejected and mad and then responded really moodily or angrily to them. You could have spent all night feeling miserable and then given them the silent treatment when they came home. (laughs) All because you believed the random sentence in your brain. But if you can separate out the facts from your thoughts and then question those thoughts, you can be the one that chooses the way you think in response. A question I love to ask myself is, is this thought helpful? When I think it, how do I feel and how am I likely to act? And what results is it really going to create for me when I believe this? The more you get used to observing your brain and your thoughts, the more patterns you're going to start noticing. Maybe your brain has a pattern of taking things really personally, or maybe your brain loves to tell you that people don't care about you, or that you're not likable enough, or fun enough, or smart enough. How you respond to yourself when your brain says these things is so, so important. Instead of just noticing your brain saying it and instantly thinking, well, then that's true, and spiraling off into this thought pattern and behavior, take a moment, take a breath. Be the one that observes your brain compassionately and curiously. I call this being the compassionate observer. And it might sound something like, okay, my brain is saying words and they're creating anxiety right now. And that's okay. These are optional thoughts. I wonder what else might be an option. I'm noticing the feeling of anxiety in my body. I wonder what thought created that. It's okay, brain. I know this is your default response to fear of rejection. That's okay. I'm here. Notice and observe the thoughts your brain offers you and the feelings that they create, not from a place of judgment and shame, but from compassion and curiosity. This is the kind of relationship you want to start developing with your brain. Okay, guys, I hope this was useful to you. So start writing down those thoughts and getting really curious. I've also put a questioning your thoughts cheat sheet in the episode notes. So that's got loads of questions that you can use to interrogate your thoughts. So I hope that's useful to you. And until next time, have a great rest of the week. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs.